Hello and welcome to Tychar Manethrin Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Will. We're here to discuss the television program once again, season one, episode five. Very exciting. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this, this one. A, me too. I was I was going to say this one's a talkie. There is considerably less action in this one, but that doesn't make it bad. It, it really it makes me think it's setting up a doozy of a episode six. Yeah. Which well, backs up the Reddit, the Reddit users theory, a random Reddit users theory that episode six is going to be the one to write home about. We'll see. This one is called Blood Calls Blood. And mm-hmm. if my 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 first criticism of it is actually that title, because the title is taken from a uh, chapter in The Great Hunt that... I really enjoy some of the content of, and none of it is mm-hmm. present here. And, oh, and so it's point. just, yeah, it, just like a call out to an, yeah. a chapter that has nothing, no bearing at all on. Right. I mean, there's, there's certainly blood in the episode. Right. Yes. There's, that's like different reasons. It, I don't know. I was just a little frustrated by that. I'm going to have a lot of good things to say and a handful of little nitpicks throughout this. Good. I'm glad you'll have a lot to say because I, I literally finished watching the episode a minute before we started recording. this. <laughs> so, so, I can't yes. say I've seen it a lot of times, although it is fresh in my mind. <laughs> I, I've probably watched this one. I don't know. So I watched it several times. So the, the cold open this time is a little, it's fairly cold. It looks cold. Yeah. 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 There's snow on the ground. Yeah, it's um, like Hawaii. That's a that's a current events joke. So if you're hearing this a month from now and go, what is he talking about? I guess we had <laughs> snow in Hawaii, you know, like oh, they may okay. have just been on a mountain where it's just where they have snow anyway. Yeah. You know, we it's it's just an ethereal, emotional scene. Um, yeah, it's the aftermath of our battle with Logan's Gildanen army. Right. We uh, see them. Stuff, my first thought is those are some shallow graves they're digging. Yes, <laughs> you're not like, the only person who's who's thought that. I think like, several I, people. I would dig a deeper grave for my dog. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> also, I noticed that Moraine uses the Borderlander send off. May the last embrace of the mother. Oh yeah, I didn't. I was going to ask if that was in the book. It's just honestly, that sounds like something you'd hear on Game of Thrones. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know no, the mother very, the father all the 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 gods of you know that's very much a shinaran thing they say you know they, they refer to earth like mother earth and so i honestly when i'd forgotten about that entirely i kind of was like does she mean like the emerald seat or no again nitpick here but Moraine wouldn't say that. She's not from the Borderlands. I don't think either Karini. I and so anyway, I certainly doesn't. If she is, it's not covered at all. And yeah, you, you, would, you would have thought if she was from the Borderlands that maybe Land would have talked to her about something about the Borderlands, right? At some point to establish that. again, nitpick. The only thing you can say about it is Moraine hangs out with Land a lot, and right. he's from the Borderlands, so it's what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah. Maybe. Obviously, big emotional scene. Then we go into the title sequence. And out of the title sequence, we're landing in again with the ice die and all that. They're traveling. Poor Loghain has got a rope around his neck. He just looks pitiful. Mm-hmm. Traveling and talking. Yep. Yeah. A little conversation with Moraine and Lan, where Moraine talks about the White Tower not really feeling like home at this point. 
And oh, there's the White Tower. Oh, yes, the White Tower. There is kind of this funny thing that happens a few times in this episode where people are like, hey, there's the White Tower. And then you look and they would have had to have seen it way long before they're seeing it now because it's yeah, it's very tall and very obvious. It it is not the way I would have pictured it, but I don't know, man. I think I was picturing like the Disney castle or something. It's just not right anyway in my head i was so. straight up i realized i was basically picturing or thank from lord of the rings and uh, yeah. which is not really the way it's described but that's just what i had in my head so right after that we go to another group traveling i watched this a few times and i wondered if some people got confused when it goes to rand and matt a month later if it seemed like they were part of the same party, I don't know. That part was a little confusing. Oh, yeah. that, that's fair. Um, you'd have to just sort of remember that they weren't, I guess, would be. I mean, it's, right. since it's a month later, you could see how someone might be confused by that. By, you know, Rand kind of looks like a ranger. Matt looks like a possessed homeless person. Um, right. <laughs> Rand looks pretty B.A. I mean, he's 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 sporting yeah. the hood and the, the bow yeah, and he, the... He's, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's straight up. He looks like he did step right out of Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. He Matt is not looking very well. They come upon a stone with some interesting writing, which there are a few of these in this right. episode. Now, um, in the spoiler section, we could talk about what it might be. What I it actually may or just, may not be. Right. I actually just think that are just supposed to be like signposts. Um, like, I, I buy you know, that. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be a little bit disappointed if this was the other thing because that doesn't right. really quite match up to my yeah i'm like i'm just not going to try to say it without us getting the yeah. spoiler section and then rand recognizes a mountain no comment just he he's yeah. like hey i think i've seen that mountain before mm-hmm. i don't know might be significant yeah then we get our sweeping vista and i'll be honest with you i for a good while i really thought they were in camelin I really yeah. did. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure they said it. I was in the car. I wasn't paying close attention. So I maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah Matt says Targalon. Yeah. yeah. Fine. He says uh, but, I, but really, I should have missed that. I thought for a while they were in Camelin. And to be, you know, to be fair, they should have been in the books. It makes sense that they're not. Right. It's, it makes a lot more sense that they're in Tar Tarvalon. I'll start saying whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair to any book readers and for anybody who's not a book reader and watching this for the first time, this is a sizable change. Yeah, this is wholly um, manufactured. All of the any time they're in Tarvalon in this season is yeah. manufactured. Yeah, so it's I think supposed to be a little bit of mashing up some of the events of yeah, what is, would have been Camelin. Change and the fact that right, the fact that they can meet loyal here. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk about that, and the fact that that I guess you know they didn't have Elaine cast yet. Slash didn't want her, as Rafe has said before, casting someone and then appearing in a scene and then not appearing for the rest of the season is problematic. So it makes sense that they would not want to introduce right. Elaine here. As they should I even say the name Elaine? Am I allowed to say that? I don't, well, I, don't know. I, I you know just saying that. I see to me if if you don't know who it is, that's not a spoiler. That's right, just a right. person you don't know. So yeah, there's a character named I didn't Elaine. Say that she's the yet. Pope for crying out loud. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, there's a character named, named Elaine that should have appeared in these scenes with with Rand specifically and does not because they cut that scene out because it makes sense for her to appear in season two. Yeah. And I mean, there's several other characters to be fair that Mm -hmm. are also introduced um, that in that same scene that presumably we will meet later on. So 
Yeah. But other um, otherwise, if you like I did, missed that line where Matt says it's Tarvalon, you would think for a while that this was Camelin <laughs> without yeah. no- noting the architecture. Uh, because yeah. these scenes are very similar to scenes that happened in Camelin. And he even says this is a an innkeeper Tom knows. I don't know, he doesn't say who it is. So I don't know if it's the same innkeeper from Camelin yeah. that it would have been. I don't think it is. I think that's just a little device to kind yeah. of I'll tell you something that you probably didn't notice, especially if you were watching on your phone, because I was was watching it on my huge TV and I didn't even notice it like the first two times until somebody said he appears in the background. But Padon Fane is in the background as they're going into the inn. And like he's following them? Yes. They they um I'll have to go back and and look for that. Once more, you'll turn up if when you get a chance to turn up the volume, right before they come in, you hear his whistling, the same whistling he was doing when he was entering the two rivers. And he is in the background. The focus shifts as Matt steps out of the frame to go into the end. And you can see him on the far end. And then they cut to a shot of the end. And in the foreground, you see his clasped hands on the far right of the image. And he exits frame similar to the way he did the last time we saw him. But oh, yeah. it's all very subtle. I would not it have was, known this. Uh, if, I would, yeah, 100% would have missed that if you hadn't said it. So Fane is still in effect. We can safely assume that he is up to no good considering he just was uh, somehow allowed to just walk off during the the battle of winter night. He's still here today and seems to be shady. So, um, But then moving on. Matt's not interested in leaving the room. He's saying a lot of kind of paranoid and upsetting things which is all in keeping with what we would expect to happen at this point we're getting i think the right amount of matt being something's going on with him but also we feel like it's it's not right it's like it's not him yeah. um and i, and I think we're worried we're that getting... he killed the family Rand said, no, it was the fade. Last time we wondered if Rand was going to suspect Matt, but it's clear, no, Rand truly does believe there's no way Matt would have been capable of something like that. So, All right. Cut back to Tarvalon and Nynaeve Land, Marine, White Towers. Pretty cool. I, you know, I, we saw a lot, a lot of, in, actually, a lot of scenes in this episode were in the trailer. So there right. were times where we were like speculating, like, who's that? What are they doing? And that were scenes that happened in this episode that kind of put yeah. it all together. It was funny. And actually, even two of the tiny little teasers that they put out that had clips, like Moraine says, do not underestimate the woman of this tower in this scene. She says that to Nynaeve. And later on, Matt says to Rand, let's make a deal. That was in the uh, teaser that showed the dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of material came from Moraine is talking to Nynaeve about kind of what the future holds for her now that it's clear that not only can she channel, but she is a very powerful channeler. They're going to want um, you to be a novice ASAP. And if you don't, you should maybe stay out of sight and right. uh, keep your stay low. The, low the, the interesting thing here is I, I feel like while this is different from the book, it still feels somewhat accurate to the book. Like, yeah, all these scenes, so many of these scenes being, I agree completely. Being not in the book yeah. or complete or different enough, it's it just gets back to the the idea that they're being true to the character. So I haven't minded right. them. It kind of makes clear that Moraine is typically kind of off the reservation when it comes to things at the White Tower. Like she's a little bit she's of a not maverick. there very often. They're they're kind of yeah. all in a later scene. Alana says, "What have you been doing?" Or Alexandra yeah. and one of them. And, they all don't know what she's been up to. She clearly kind of operates on her 
own agenda a little bit. And, you know, you also get Nynaeve not being crazy about Moraine, not really wanting to submit to her or anything. And yet at this point, she's one of the only people she could probably trust in <laughs> in the whole tower. So mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of stuck. Then we move on to uh, the scene with the Tinkers and with Perrin and Egwene. The more t- time we spend with the Tinkers, the more I like them. It, it, yes, this is slow. I do like this little point. detail I like at this point and something that I noticed about the fact that a month later, they all look a little different. Like Perrin's hair is kind of braided like Aram's. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. It's good detail. Looks like Egwene is wearing a, a, a tinker cloak there. So they've been hanging out for a while. They they talk about the way of the leaf some more and turnip curry. Had, yeah. <laughs> Everything's all fun and games until the white cloaks show up. It's always all fun and games until the white cloaks show up. <laughs> Valda sees Perrin and Egwene and recognizes them from when he... Apparently, like, seeing them twice is enough for him to confirm that they're dark friends, I guess. Yes. (laughs) Or that he needs to kill one of them. I will say, like... It's a little weird. um, While it's clear Valda's just a bad dude, he's just a psychopath, he doesn't need much of an excuse to... Torture and kill someone. Yeah. As he he baldly admits later. But at the same time, I did feel like, like you're saying, that was a little weak. Like, I I needed there to be something else. Like, well, I saw you with those other people. Now I see you with these these tinkers, so that must mean you are a channeler and or a dark friend. At the same time, I do understand how a lot of times they talk about how the White Cloaks see dark friends everywhere and so this is just really driving that home early it in the does series appear that valda is much more interested in murdering Aes Sedai than having any anything to do with dark friends like he just doesn't yeah he's not looking for dark friends he's looking for Aes Sedai to murder yeah specifically he can does, channel really yeah he does seem to have a kind of a vendetta against channelers in, yeah, which, as way, I but, said last time, I, I like uh, the idea of the White Cloaks being a little more menacing, kind of being witch hunter, having a witch hunter yep. thing going on. It works. Yeah. So then we we get this moment where the Tinkers lock arms to try to prevent Valda from taking Perrin and his right, right. Convent, Commence with punching them in the face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was like, yeah, this is really doing a great job of making you hate these guys. Yeah. And then, of course, they end up. And the white cloaks uh, surround them, which is one of the scenes from either a teaser or the trailer. I can't remember which. Yeah, and, and, and in I fact, think it was the trailer. The, the scene that um, Rafe specifically pointed out as saying the character looked like they were dead, and so it was Aram had been knocked dead, knocked to the ground. Um, yeah, certainly not dead. I wouldn't think at this point. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we will see Aram again. All right, so the next scene, the big reveal is a big that one. I. That I inadvertently mentioned earlier, but loyal. Yes. Now, I just want to the stop dude. and say, say, first of all, they nailed Loyal's character. So it's yeah. like so much so that to me, the fact that some people have complained about the way the makeup looks and I almost want to. But at the same time, I feel like the mannerisms, um, the voice, the everything else is so yeah. on point. I agree. But he does it's, look like the big Lebowski mixed with a Klingon. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, you know, yeah, he's like the, the it's like they're going for just the, the happier cousins to the Klingons. Like yes, the, the, that is literally what he looks like is what it is, what it feels like, even the way he talks. <laughs> and, yes, but, all of that. But it's, it all um, works. 
Yeah. But at the same time, they so got his character right. I don't even want to complain about the fact that I'm I'm not loving the way he looks. Here's the thing. I like the fact that it's practical. Yeah. Even if it's not like the way I pictured it, I do like the fact that they went practical with it. That's a choice the show has made to go more practical. And, it, you know, it's going to have mixed results. I mean, <laughs> my buddy was talking about how the trolley, he's like, I don't know how I feel about the trollocs. He's like, they're kind of like Mr. Tumnus in Berserker mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, had, like, I had someone else tell me that they the first time they saw the trollocs, they weren't fully on board either. Yeah, so um, I think there's, there's going to be... Some of that with the the practical of, of approach they're taking, but yeah, I'm with you. The, the fact that they nailed loyal character wise mannerism so well, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. Hamad Anamashan or Anamashan, I'm not uh, uh, sure. To me, it's like. He so perfectly gets it. The fact that Rand has a sword pointing at him and he's just, oh, oh, how's it going? You know, you're doing good. I had somebody chase me with a knife the other day. It almost upset me, you know, and and the whole business of him continuing to talk every time somebody leaves. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, so hasty him talking and saying things that whether people know or, or don't know, they don't care about like him later on listing off the the you know the braid is a rite of passage of the two rivers you know and <laughs> all that stuff the other thought i had was oh man not that the show has been hugely disappointing in any one way but this right here i was like ah oh, yes this is what i need i need this character i need this little bit of humor agreed and really squarely separates wheel of time from anything close to grimdark it's funny because i've seen a lot of people i think a lot of people had the same reaction that i did which was you know you you i think i saw the leaked image that that and i was right, like i oh. did too i did too and yeah i was, I was I like exactly oh. the same reaction like what are they doing that's not yeah, all right and, well and my only thought was that's got to be like not complete that's got to be like not accurate or whatever it turns then, out it was not too far away but it just affected yeah. it was a still image and not the character but then hearing him talk seeing him even just seeing him walk around the room picking up books and the mannerisms the, the, the expressions the the dialogue the voice yeah. yeah the voice yeah yeah the dialogue just like every little thing he needs a haircut yeah, it, but otherwise yeah, it's all good. yeah. <laughs> and you can continue to nitpick the fact that he has a beard when in the book he's he's referred to as a beardless ogre at one point or gear because of his uh being young but then i was like you know what i don't care about that they they got it right they got him right even yep. if they didn't get like every little visual nitpicky thing that i could get about so but anyway i was just so excited to see him and it was uh it's such a like i said was such a needed change of pace and and the little back and forth between him and rand where he's like oh an aielman he's i'm not an aielman he's like oh an aielman who who doesn't know he's an who says he's not an aielman from the two rivers yeah exactly yeah Uh, and That's he's great. like, oh, you're quite an oddity. I like oddities. And um, you just see completely the character coming out of that. And it's so, yeah, it's so just, it's him. All right, enough about that. I just wanted to gush about something for oh, a I'm second. Glad. I'm glad, yeah. You because know? like you said, there are there are things to nitpick. And certainly people will nitpick Loyal, but I don't want to. I like, I like what they've done. He's a likable dude. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And then it makes so much more sense to parade Loghain through the streets of Tarvalon 
than it does Camelin. So that yep. I have no problem with this, this next scene. <laughs> there's another, by the way, there's another Fane sighting in in uh, one of the shots here, by the way. He's down by some bird cages. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, and he does the same Waldo? thing. He, it's funny. He leaves like kind of <laughs> as a, it's almost, it's almost like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw it's he was like sitting down, camera. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the camera sees him, like the audience sees him, and he's like, okay. I, uh, Some I of the like audience a... sees him anyway. Not this yeah, guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Humorously, yeah. like, and this, I just, I feel like there's little, like, shout outs to, to readers of the book here, because Matt has a spot up in, on the balcony, and Rand's like, thanks for saving me a spot. <laughs> because <laughs> folks who have not read the book, Rand gets into a misadventure trying to see Loghain in the book and falls off of a wall into a garden. Yeah. And so there's this whole thing where he's trying to find a spot to be able to see Loghain. And in the show, he just has a spot next to Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is funny. I had, that hadn't occurred to me, but, that, but that's great. A little meta moment. Then we get this awesome moment of Loghain looking Loghain up and seeing the two boys. looks up and laughs kind of maniacally, <laughs> seeing yeah. Matt and Rand sitting on the balcony and... Matt seems to he be a little more bothered a little by bit. it. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt's, Matt's struggling here, but Aran's like, it's all right, it's all good, man. And then an People important bit turnips and... of dialogue here where Matt says, oh yeah, let's make a deal. You know, let's if it make turns a out, deal. This is not a good deal. Yes. If it turns out one of us can channel, we're not going to let you know, the other... Happen. Not, like, not yeah. let him turn into that guy. Yeah. Presumably, uh, I don't know, stab each other or something. Stab the other Which, one or something. This is not a line from the books, but it, it again, it feels like something especially Matt would say. I think it's it, it does a good job of showing the intense, the concern that there would be if you really thought there was a potential that you could go become uh, a person who could channel. Yeah, a man who Matt is feeling perhaps at this moment, kind of yeah. worried about all the symptoms he has. Yeah, exactly. After some discussion, they do both kind of make a pact here, mm-hmm. which it'll be interesting to see this slightly more intense view of men who can channel the way it'll play out for these two characters. Right. I'm sure this conversation will come back up in some form or fashion. Later yeah. on. Then we get Steppen. Steppen is in like his... I guess, funeral whites for Karini. Yeah. One of the complaints I heard about this episode is that you get a lot of Steppen, who is a completely made up character. Right. From, and not not and from the books. It's clearly designed to show the weight of what happens to a warder when an Aes Sedai yep. dies. I mean, that's the, exactly. that's the goal. I'm, I am in agreement that it is a little annoying to have a character not in the books be so prominent for so much of an episode. Um, But to be fair, I would say Jordan doesn't really illustrate it so well, especially in the first few books, you know, what that looks like, kind of lay the groundwork. You know, you hear about it, maybe, about how a a warder who loses their eyes to die kind of die, you know, of of sadness, but it's not really, there's no illustration of that. So that's kind of the reason this character exists really it would seem we, we kind of hoped and speculated that there would be more of a story for this character i'm disappointed and i'm not disappointed at the same time we got because it's a stepping. made-up character yeah yeah um, yeah i agree you, you know, got to see his range certainly the actor really he's got himself um, a resume for <laughs> if he wants yeah. to do more fantasy and right. on tv he certainly can do that 
I'm sure he he's get got a leading role. Two solid episodes where he really illustrated what he was capable of. This scene, he uh, talks about his whole life story, which you know I have to say, while it was it was somewhat talky, it's it's fairly decent writing. Yeah, I didn't have a, I wasn't like looking at my watch or anything. You quickly get through a sad story that tells you everything you need to know about a character to give them all the the pathos you need for the rest of the episode. Sure. I was, I don't know. I was on the fence about how well it was earned to have a good chunk of an episode devoted to that sadness, that grief. Sure. Because we had just met Karini when she died. Yeah. Um, We had just met Steppen when he lost his eyes to die. It's like, well, but they did a good job with it. I thought they stuck the landing, but I still kind of did have that thought. Like, "Eh, you got to have slow talky episodes every now and then set things up and i agree with you i think it's not ideal in one way but i also agree with it's illustrating an important dynamic that maybe isn't as clear in the book at least at this point i think if Um, you're a person who is annoyed by scenes not from books being in the show regardless of their quality you're going to get more and more annoyed as the tv show progresses sorry i think that's just the way it's going to be the the show is adapting they've said they're adapting the whole series not eye of the world and as a result of doing that if you're gonna try to do that you cannot just adapt the book i mean you can't just use the plot of the book it's just, right. the, you know, I mean, it'd be nice to not invent characters, but otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to kill off a character that's in another scene? I mean, maybe, maybe you find another no name and maybe, I don't know if Steppen is a character somewhere like Karini was. I, I don't think so. I'm sure there are people who are going to be mad about that and are going to continue oh, yeah, to be mad sure. and are going to just be going to be yelling about that. And that's fine. You know, you, yeah, I, you know, I get it really, <laughs> honestly. That's fine. I understand being frustrated. As we've said, I think as, as long as the writing's good, I don't necessarily mind, especially as they're, if they're if the goal is to stick to the characters themselves, you know, the, how, who the characters are, and to do the world justice. Then I don't yeah. mind inventing characters having having stuff like this. I mean, this is it's not like they're changing the way the world works fundamentally or right. anything, or these right. changing characters that we care about. Not like they, you know, yeah. not like they, you know, killed off not even Egwene and have or having a funeral scene here or something. <laughs> then we would right. be screaming also. Uh, it was interesting seeing the scene where uh, Stepan is putting the ring into the uh, the kind of that smelting. Oh yeah, the flame of Tarvalin, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what, what makes and me think. You always hear yeah, the yeah. seat, the flame of Tarvalin. Well, we have an actual flame of Tarvalin. And there or, you go, Tarvalon. Um, excuse me. Yes, Tarvalon. Yes, of course. That moment that we talked about in one of the trailers where I think I said, I really don't know what's happening here. Oh, yeah, we don't know who this character is or what's happening, right? Yeah. Other than like maybe maybe a warder lost his eyes to die was and, you know, so we had some idea. But yeah. And then right after that, there's a very brief scene that's fairly important that is uh, just um, land walking in and kind of looking at Moraine and having seen what is happening to his friend following the, the death of his eyes more die. emotional ran- range for lan in this episode right and we yes. might have expected which is for fine. sure i'm good with that yeah I'm glad he's not just a stone and then we are back with the white cloaks and oh my gosh how much do you hate this guy Egwene? yeah there's being like stripped a, down yeah that, that, at the beginning of the scene is like oh no what is going to happen here but no they're just like 
scrubbing her very aggressively for like yeah. to clean her off and make her yeah, clean in the, the light or whatever <laughs> with like very a fine terrible. bristle brush like the kind yeah. of brush you would for brush like a, a horse. horse with yeah. yeah and i don't know how the experience was watching on a phone watching it with my surround sound the brush sound oh, is wow, yeah. so unpleasant yeah yeah I bet. <laughs> they just i feel like they turned it up <laughs> like to sure. just make it as unpleasant as possible dude is eating um, again while he's while he's uh torturing it's like his thing there is kind of a trope of making a person unlikable by having them eat in a scene oh sure and game he, of thrones certainly does that well lord of the rings did it with uh denethor yeah you know the famous tomato scene yeah with ramsey and, ramsey bolton and ramsey snow and game of thrones with the sausage won't go any further right. than that. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's there's lots of scenes where you could you know, say like, oh, yeah, it's someone you're either supposed to hate or someone who is supposed to be kind of cocky. Or um, Brad Pitt in like every movie Brad Pitt he's in ever everything. in. Yes, that was <laughs> about to say. Thing. That's, yeah, he's Like you could excuse up. it in like Ocean's Eleven, like he was always busy. Right. But like Moneyball, yeah. like eh, there's no reason yeah. for it there. I like that movie. And also, though. we know that's all he's eaten like all month. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, anyway, so yeah, back to this scene. So this is the moment we were talking about where, for some reason, Valda is just completely convinced that Egwene can channel. Can channel. Mm -hmm. And when she says she can't, he says, oh, then you're not an Aes Sedai because they can't lie. Okay, this presents a bit of a problem to me because in the books, the reason why white cloaks don't just walk up to every woman and say, are you an Aes Sedai is because they really don't believe in the three O's. Sure. Um, I think, yeah, I guess it seems like, especially after what Jeff from Bornhold said in an earlier episode, that it's just a little bit of a different relationship between the Aes Sedai and the white cloaks in the show. Right. It clearly seems like they, there are some established facts, like the white cloaks aren't complete. I don't know, nine 11 truthers when it comes to listeners. Right. If there's any nine 11, like loose change truthers out there, I'd love to hear from you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know like they're they're willing to accept kind of a base level of facts when it comes to Aes Sedai and you know in Valda's case that just means they want to murder murder him more yeah I think the issue for me is not as much that it's a difference from the book but that it presents a bit of a logical issue okay, okay. so Moraine is standing there wearing all blue so presumably so he knows he specifically ask her are you an Aes Sedai yeah, are you an Aes Sedai and um, I, I, that just seems like an odd. There's a bit of a logic issue there for me. I can I go suppose, with it because I suppose I like I can go I with think, it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that he was suspicious and didn't maybe maybe he sort of enjoys the hunt a little bit and didn't want to just mm -hmm. have an out and out battle or maybe legitimately kind of has enough respect for Aes Sedai to know if he was to call her out and she felt threatened in front of all these white cloaks, she could start throwing fireballs at yeah, him. So yeah. maybe it's just like a subtlety thing. If he's got her tied down where she can't, presumably can't channel, he can ask her outright as opposed to an Aes Sedai standing there with her warder next to her. I guess I'm, yeah, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I can see your point. No, no, though. that's, that's part of when I say like, I can go with it. I can, I can do what you're doing. I can come up with yeah, the yeah. reasoning. It is to me, it's just a little problematic to have him have that attitude of, oh, yeah, well, you can't because the versus uh -huh. not believing in the oaths. Then that makes me wonder, OK, is that just Valda who knows the oaths are real or is or it all do, white cloaks, all white cloaks, because that changes things significantly for me, because that means that white cloaks know 
that Aes Sedai can't harm somebody if right. they don't, because they a don't lot of their threatened. kind of rhetoric is around Aes Sedai plotting against them and and killing right. in the name of it, like being dark friends, being all dark friends. And you have examples really in the books jive. of instances of them saying, haha, see, the three oaths are all lies. So they're not good people because the three oaths are what give them credibility. And if they're lies, then you know, yada, yada, yada. So if that's not a part of it, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to make too much over this, but I feel like this is going to be something that they might. It could cause like a, a ripple bit. effects of other plot yeah. changes as a result of this seemingly right. minor one. I can, I can buy that. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm sure they have a, a whiteboard with lines all over it and <laughs> yeah. of like the changes they've made. Like, what is effect is that going to have? I hope they do. I hope they've thought through it. They're not going <laughs> to oh, pull yeah. a loss. <laughs> no. One one pretty major thing happens in this scene before we move on. Perrin gets cut and then, uh, you know, his eyes change colors and you hear yeah. something. Here's some wolves yeah. out. Here's some wolves howling. Not spoiling, of course, here, but this happens. This doesn't, this scene doesn't happen in the books, so I guess it's clear to say right uh but his eyes do change colors in the book and it's never and it's one of the things that's never been very satisfying about right why or when or how (laughs) so sure why not when he's being you know cut by him involved i don't have a problem with that like you gotta have you need to have something that kicks it off i may have even said on the podcast at one point that i could see something like this as a change where there would have to be an incident that inspires that manifesting. And and it seems like that's kind of what they did. Although I'm curious to see, because in the books, of course, his eyes change color permanently. And, and it does not s- seem like that was the case here, but it could still yeah. happen. And right. I don't know. I would, I would be okay either way. I mean, because yeah. it would look kind of crazy for the, you know, for Marcus Rutherford to be always walking around with his eyes change colors like that, like you would, you know, the, in the in the books, characters do react to it, but it would be the sort of thing that it would constantly have to come up in the show, and maybe it will, maybe that's what they'll do, but it would just be jarring to see him just like walking around town, and maybe that's what they'll do. I don't know, but that yeah. is a, that is a fair question. Like if they don't choose to go that route where his eyes change back and forth, I would understand. I'll be curious to see it. I think they got to change it permanently for a couple of things that unless they make some again, it would just be a domino effect. And yes, um, I could be one over. The next scene is Nynaeve and Stepan coming to visit her. He's clearly been drinking. He is just talking about dealing with the loss. Nynaeve is sympathetic because we have heard about her loss of, of her mentor she is feeling uh, a kindredness to towards Stepan at this point because of that. And he asks for some goat's tongue tea to help him sleep. After a little conversation, she gives it to him and exits with leaving the door open. Now, I wasn't clear on if when Moraine left Nynaeve, if, if she was locked in. I don't think hmm. so. But it, but the way that she acts after he leaves is almost like, oh, the door's left open. I guess I'll just wander out now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And and also something in this next scene. So Leandrin comes up and she says, first thing she says, escaped, did you? And yeah, you um, can't tell how sarcastic she's being necessarily. Yeah. And, and also she's probably just trying to inspire distrust in Moraine. Uh, Moraine. And Moraine. This scene, I just love what Kate Fleetwood is doing in this character. She's great. She's doing a wonderful job. Her lips are just 
pursed just so all the time the way she <laughs> and and you know the dialogue where she's oh is that a question or a statement the way she kind of gets carried away yeah. when she starts talking about men still controlling, controlling this world. world yeah you get a little peek behind the curtain of whatever caused her to have a fairly clear hatred for men and then the way she says the persimmons are in season right before she leaves is just so like perfect she's awful <laughs> yeah i hate her <laughs> yeah 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 that little thing she does with her eyes and and then she <laughs> walks off i mean there's a shot of Nynaeve after that and and you can just feel like i don't like that lady awful and, yeah go um, away and then a great moment, a, a difference from the books, but one that works perfectly where Loyal walks into Brandon Matt's room and says, I'm able to go on the tower grounds and look who I brought back and, and walks Nynaeve. This is a little odd editing choice because we were just with Nynaeve to me. And, and sure, like yeah. this, it's a little jarring. Pacing, yeah. Pacing wise, it's a little jarring. I don't have yeah, a problem with it really, else, but yeah. <laughs> it just feels kind of like we missed a scene, the scene of Loyal right. <laughs> wandering around yeah. and seeing Nynaeve. Then there's a significant several significant little moments here in a row, like but looks at looks at matt and says let me see your tongue and he says get away from me <laughs> yeah. gollum-esque <laughs> right exactly i was thinking you know bilbo with with when frodo doesn't let him see the ring <laughs> right, right. you know that's good. yeah, ah, yeah that, that's, that that's a good comparison <laughs> and, and she's like oh oh no i'm I, I don't need to see your tongue that's cool i was watching with my fiance and when she said let me see your tongue she said that's a little forward don't you think or something like that <laughs> <laughs> right. Then a, a, an important character moment with uh, Nynaeve and Rand. I, you know, it's it's funny because in in the books, I, I do feel like their relationship is um, is fairly important, and seeing that getting more squarely established than it is in the first book. Yeah, there's um, like a there's a lot of like Nynaeve is one of the people that Rand trusts, but there's never right. You know, it, it's it's like a sisterly kind of yeah bond that is pretty important. Right. Yeah, well, and specifically, like, older sister, too. Yeah. Like, um, she's um, one of the few people who can kind of uh, talk to him in a way. The, seeing the two of them and the way that they are interacting in the scene. I know he tells um, a story about Egwene having breakbone fever. And honestly, oh, yeah. I expected her to admit to, like, having, you know, kind of occur to her that she used the power to heal Egwene of her breakbone right. fever. Um, I don't know that maybe she does or doesn't kind of make that connection i think the audience can <laughs> like that's right possible that that's what happened there that the the older wisdom was gonna give Egwene a tea to help her you know die and Egwene didn't want to drink it and in the morning she was healed her was was okay and the fever broke and it's like well maybe the fever broke or maybe naive unconsciously as again this is what happens in the books is that um there are these women who channel without knowing it called wilders, right. which is so the, you know, the, and so I, I don't know if that concept has been established here in the show no, yet. Not yet. Um, and maybe it will, maybe it won't, but that was certainly what I was thinking when she was telling the story that, that was yeah. what I was going to, that was what I was kind of hinting at. Um, right. She was really just well, trying to, she was just trying to illustrate Egwene's kind of strength of character that she wasn't just going to give right. into this break bone fever and die. She's unbreakable. Yeah. And I think you can can chalk it up to Nynaeve's channeling, or you can say, yeah, Egwene's just this tough. very tough, yeah, person, which is going to be a very important thing for her character, right? And then it cuts forward. to Egwene, who's being tortured. 
Herzog, who, who has who has been yeah. tortured who's <laughs> focused on trying to learn how to channel to show Valda that she can so that he'll kill her yeah. <laughs> so, instead of killing Perrin which is this is a pretty good introduction to the way Egwene how like selfless she is how mm-hmm. determined and selfless like, yeah yeah she's gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it on my own and i'm gonna sacrifice myself if i need to uh, every time admits to having killed layla on accident but when they were fighting the trollocs winter night yeah and And, uh, of course says no it wasn't your fault and he's like no 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 it really was (laughs) (laughs) that's having axed her on accident then Valda walks back in and says, all right, who's going to die? And they're silent. So he says, well, no uh, decision is still a decision. And then Egwene musters a little fireball. Yeah, it's uh, like I saw somebody fireball. on uh, Twitter of time say, can somebody make a character account on Twitter of time for uh, Egwene's first fireball? <laughs> because like, you, you know you have like character accounts for like matt's hat and oh, stuff yeah. like that you know, and different things like spoilers matt has a hat later on um yes so, <laughs> oh gonna have to edit that out will oh i know oh um, man <laughs> meanwhile valda uh, is flaying Perrin. he's like trying to pretty right. much just Cut all the skin off, I think. Something that we didn't really talk about that uh, Valda says earlier is the whole business of he understands that women don't actually needs, need their hands to channel, but that a lot of them kind of do anyway, that it's it's not it's more of a crutch. Right. Which, which is true I, to the books that it, it's yeah. one of those things that comes up way later in the books. Right. Way later. And, like we may have talked about it in a recent episode later. Yeah. Yeah. And. What's interesting is here we kind of get a hint that Egwene is kind of particularly prolific in the power because she manages to channel uh, without using her hands. Yeah, it's like it um, kind of comes from her hand, but it's not like she's not like throwing a fireball. It's just like well, appearing around in her palm. But I'm saying like even a few seconds later when she releases Perrin, that seems to be entirely without um you know, when she yeah when she just burns the rope that very satisfying moment you know yeah. when parent stands up he growls and then she stabs him in the, the arm or shoulder or something <laughs> yeah oh, all yeah, during the playing you hear the the howling and everything too so mm-hmm. you've by this time if you haven't started to suspect that there's some connection here i don't know what to tell you yeah oh you mentioned something that Valda said the other the other thing he says is that Women who can channel it must be from the dark one to have that much power. Like, oh, so of yes. course I have to kill them, which is like yeah. you can see the logic, the twisted, lo- twisted logic that got him there. No one should have this kind of power, so I must kill them all. Yeah, and I totally believe that would be real. If there were people who could channel, there would be people like like Valda who believed. Of course, they they should all die. That, um, that, that worked, worked perfectly as a concept. Yeah, and also someone who loves to murder kind of helps. Kinda yes, works, works on top well. of that. Yeah him being a psychopath is just a bonus yep. uh, for for that um so Why yeah couldn't you have uh, aimed for the neck Egwene? <laughs> you're right that is that is definitely one of those don't kill off your npcs yep. so you can have them show up later she grabs the the rings from the hook yes. grabs his which, rings which i thought was a fun touch <laughs> yeah yeah that was take those um, back to yeah. the eyes i suppose and I, I guess that means that i don't know maybe 
each Aes Sedai's uh, Great Serpent Ring is unique, maybe? Because I certainly didn't get that. I've never gotten an impression from the book, the books, right. but um, you could see how that might be true in the show. Well, they seem to each have a jewel that reflects their Aja. You right. know, Whereas like, in the books, the, the ring is uh, simply a serpent biting its own tail. Right. Pretty simple yeah. gold ring. Right. These rings, it looked like he had mostly killed reds from... Oh, I didn't catch that detail. That's a good point. Yeah. That was, I mean, not a huge thing, which so it probably wouldn't... Would, yeah, I want to say the one that was on that he burned at the stake was a yellow, but yeah. yeah, looking at the set of... Yeah, I see what you're saying about the set of rings is red. And they run out of the tents, and the wolves are helping them. Yep. And they come across a wolf who is seems fierce, but Perrin says, nah, he's, he's a good boy. He's talking to yeah. us. <laughs> Yeah, he's growling, growl talking to us. <laughs> and I think this was there's a there's a scene here where a wolf jumps on a white cloak. Yes. And it was a scene that we had seen in like a leaked some leaked footage. Yeah. Apparently, like I found it someplace online and uh, on some, I don't know, like Romanian Facebook page or something. <laughs> and then we were like the source of it to in the English speaking world nice. <laughs> um, because no one else had posted it. And so we still get likes on that. It's funny. But yeah, it Love would it. have been during this moment. Then a scene between cut back to a, a night shot of Tarvalon with the mountain kind of, well, I say mountain, but it's kind of smoking. So I wonder, it, I guess it's a volcano in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a volcano. And scene between Leandrin and Moraine here and just establishing further that they don't like each other. Leandrin makes a decent argument for why Nynaeve might be interested in the Reds from her perspective, because she is uh, focused on the rules and, and enforcing Leandrin rules. kind of uh, cups Moraine's face in an almost in, yeah. uh, like intimidating kind of <laughs> gesture, like... Lady, yeah. just some 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 personal space here uh, would right. be appreciated. <laughs> and Moraine is unfazed and says right, to right. her, "You're not going to get naive, so um, don't even bother." Then we move on to a scene with Lan and Stepan that is uh, significant in one way. I don't know if you bothered to to, uh, but a lot of people have made over this. So he has. Some uh, statues. Some of the statues, yes. Yeah. Is it of the Forsaken or I don't know? That's what it. That's what it seems to be. Is yeah. so it's um, like, are you praying? Like, are you praying to? You're not praying to the Forsaken, but <laughs> no, he's praying against. He's but, waving a cigar around. I mean, not really. But, yeah, know, that's like what it kind of, looks like a cigar. But um, I don't know if you noticed, but there are eight statues. Oh, I did not count. That's interesting. Yes. And so a lot of folks are thinking that this might be indicative of the number of Forsaken in the show. Most book readers would would agree that reducing the number of Forsaken would probably not be huge. I don't yeah, I don't know that any that how many people are going to do a good job of naming all of them. Um Right. I, probably I, could I only could try, but I don't I, know. I think I could, but only because I just freshly looked them up in preparation for this episode. Anyway, Pretty cool to see that come up at this point. Yeah. So at the end of this scene, you know, Lance says, hey, I'm going to hang out with you because you're clearly bummed out. Well. So, yeah. yeah. Switch to Alana and Moraine in bed eating. 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot and, of them eating an apple or something. I just take this as slumber party yeah, vibes. Yeah they're, Some, just, yeah, they're just sitting on a bed. Yeah, that came, uh, came out wrong. I saw somebody that asked the question like, hey, did you guys get like a, a vibe? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. and I was like, no, I, was, I don't. I think Alana was sending a vibe and Moraine was not sending it back. Yeah, Mor- Moraine Alana is was like, uh, if you're if you're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk uh, about two powerful enemies running right running the right. tower everybody's it's, listening to leandrin and so what are you really doing moraine she says and moraine's like i'm not gonna tell you and she's like well you should tell somebody your secrets will eat you from the inside out and then she leaves and then there's this moment and i've i have a very large tv and i paused this and stared at it for a long time trying to figure out when Moraine opens up this thing on the wall, oh, I, I also paused it several times. Like, and, and I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and it's, I, I, don't I mean, know if like, we're supposed to know. I don't know what that is. I'm very curious about it. Um, this is my and, little wall safe, and I have yeah a little thingy in there. So my only theory is that this is some kind of object of the power that sure. is showing her something mirror, Some, mirror on the wall you know, the dragon reborn of them all it's a it's like yeah. a picture of what what is it it's a yeah it's, it's like a it's, painting like a, thingy looks like a, a woman standing looking out a window or looking out a window like, i don't i don't know i don't know I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. The only thought I have, which I don't have a very solid thought, I'll mention in the spoiler section, but sure. I'm uh, clearly this is significant because they linger on it for a long time. They're setting um, something up for the next yeah, episode, probably. Uh, then back to Lan and Steppen hanging out, drinking. Yeah. So Steppen has poured Lan some tea. Lan is drinking the tea. I don't know if Steppen's drinking the tea. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, the the no. goat's tongue tea. Okay. That's, yeah, I presumably. totally missed that that's what it was. I just thought they were drinking and then Land fell asleep. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Land yeah. would never do that when he's worried about his friend. Okay. Yeah. So he was drugged. Ah, totally missed yeah. that. Steppen didn't give him the option of being able to try to stop him. Now, this, this scene is particularly considering what happens afterwards it's it's very bittersweet but it's two friends just having a chat Stepan asks about Nynaeve and so she's clearly clearly got eyes for you like yeah, says well, she hasn't like, looked at me since he says well it's a bad idea for her and Stepan says something about well life without love would be intolerable and Lan says well I can tolerate a lot and then the last words we hear from Stepan are, I know. Just That's seems why. very and ominous. Then you, then you see Lan drink some more tea. Yeah. And wakes up to ominous sounding music. I'll be this guy. I felt like when we first saw Stepan in the white at the beginning, I thought he's going to kill himself. I don't know why, huh. but I had this like premonition. And, and I guess, no, here's why it was. It was because of the scene we saw in the trailer that's at the end of this episode of Land beating his chest. Ah. That's in, in the white. That's actually I for was like... Specifically for Steppen? You thought Steppen yes. was... Wow. Yes. Because okay. Here's why. Because I was like, he's in the white. I'm like, what could get Land to that place? 
And and I was just like a character that's been made up killing himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, I was going to say that um, and that that all checks out. I was going to say that as my theory has gone, any character that's made up and is not in the books, I assume yep. is going to die quickly. Yep. And, Even one uh, that I like, and as is the case in Steppen, it's a good character. Well, and here's the thing. I'm not even mad at it, you know? Yeah, I, I, no I, I, I mean, while it's some, it's somewhat predictable because um, the fact that they're not in the books, it also, it raises the stakes for um, the TV show because it allows them to kill off characters. Um, but also it does, I mean, it, so far anyway, they haven't kept around these characters that they've made up. So we still get to spend most of our time with With the characters we know from the books. um, Yes. We have, we've got the shot of Lan waking up, realizing he was drunk. Yeah. Fine. Stepping, having slit his own wrists or no, stabbed himself with a knife in the belly. Yeah. And then Um, we, this is sad. Yeah. It's like in front Um, of the statues of the warders in front Um, of the hall. Kind of a symbolic moment. Um, he uh, clearly feels that he failed um, yeah. as as a warder, right? And, and, and Land uh, feels like he failed Steppen by letting him drag right. him. And uh, so, you know, um, this is such a hugely emotional scene. I almost wish that they did the thing that they do at the end of a lot of shows when there's been a suicide, where they're like, "If you or anyone you know, yeah, you know, yeah. they have the." hotline just because it's i always think about that i i i had a a, you know i've had some friends who um their uh son um died of suicide several years ago and and they found him and i i just know how that impacts her gosh and uh, Mm. so you know seeing this i just like this is some finding somebody close to you which it almost always is that's of course you know you know, somebody close that that finds them after the fact, uh, you know, is is just heartbreaking. And so the the scene, I'm, uh, it to me, it makes complete sense that Lan would break down in this moment when given permission. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and kind of an assignment Everyone's actually here. Chanting. And right. To, uh, to grieve for for everybody. And then you have this beautiful moment of the bond where Moraine is feeling it. Feeling what, um, what Lan is feeling as he beats his chest right. and yells. I, I saw people uh, take a gif of this and put the quote, the death is lighter than a feather, duty heavier than a mountain. Nice. And it's like, uh, and then I saw somebody comment, how dare you? How dare you do that? <laughs> how very <laughs> <Just>, dare you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, interesting, you know, you, you that uh, Nynaeve clearly wanted to be there um for this moment certainly that, uh, not a scene in the books very effective yes works well needs need, needed to be after after the previous scene you almost had to have some grieving right some moment like this i do think it actually is is earned there i was one of the people who was kind of questioning whether or not because of the moment in the trailer of uh land screaming like that are we gonna earn having land the man carved a stone screaming like that in the first season but largely i think yeah i think we got I we think got it is giving some dynamism to the character that yes is needed and works and it is a change but it's not a change that's that it's not a train change untrue to the character and it, yeah. it can be 
you can see in the future it can be a foil to the way he behaves at another point. Yep. No, I, th- I think it's good. Well, any other thoughts before we go into spoilers? Nope. All right. I'm about to spoil everything. Maybe maybe not just these books, but maybe like other books that haven't even been written yet. So if you... Heck yeah, I want that. Yeah. If, if you don't want to be spoiled, then uh, leave. Um, okay. Let me pull up my notes here. Spoiler um, notes. Good. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, Dragon Mount, you know, I, I feel like they very strategically have not mentioned that that's what it is yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise that would be like, that would have been a real tell that Rand. Right. Uh, Rand so goes, I know the place. Oh. It's Dragon Mount. Oh, I know it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's Dragon Mount. Oh, I, I've never heard of that. That's um, my mount. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know all all the um, you know all the wolf stuff with Perrin um, was uh, was really fun to see the howling and everything. I have to I, wonder if they're going to actually turn him into a werewolf and like <laughs> yeah, well, like I, having I, him stand I, I say that up, jokingly, but I don't know that they're not. <laughs> having him stand up and actually have like a growl yeah. when that was kind of a fun so. I could say, you know, we had the statues of the Forsaken, but there's only eight instead of uh, 13. Maybe that's our indication that eight is the number for a circle. Yeah. Really, I don't know. Well, also, there's eight seasons, so there it would kind of go along Some with the whole symmetry. boss battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thing. Yeah. Well, or the eight seasons thing. planned. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. It makes me wonder if they're going to go like forego with them getting spun out into the pattern after they die. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that's would be such a difficult concept to convey in a TV. Yeah. I mean, you could do it in exposition, obviously, but then you know, I'm just thinking of like you have to do kind of like a looper thing a little bit, where you're mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, being um, yeah, Bruce. You know, anyway, uh, so yeah. I, I'm okay with them not doing that. The only thing is, like, I do like having Ishmael Morden as a through line. Um, yeah, but other. But other than that, I don't. To I don't, me, I would be okay with them just doing more than not doing Arangar and Asengar. Yeah, because Arangar yeah, and Asengar are so much a part of the slog that are not yeah. memorable or interesting. They so don't really that would be fine add if anything. They didn't. And either just have Lanfear straight up show back up again. Yeah, that would be okay. That would be completely. Okay. That would be. We're, we're squarely in spoilers here. So yeah, of course. Yeah, we better. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing of Moraine doesn't die. She doesn't yeah, actually so die. Yeah, so what would fear? Exactly. Because all she so, did was tackle her through a mirror. You know, like yeah, they went through the, the same doorway thing. Yeah. So yeah. So um, the Forsaken. I'm thinking we'll get Ishamael. Gotta uh, have Ravine. Ravine. Hasmodian. So you gotta have Samael. I, I really think you do. Uh, and and I think you could do. I think you could mash up Samael and Demondred to some degree. The Demondred yeah. becomes a much more important character at the end. He's a bit of a schemer. Yeah. Right. Right. And then I could. Um, you obviously you have to have Lanfear, Mogedian, yep. um, and Grandal, and then you can mash up Simarag and Masana. Yeah, I you know I'd probably do that in my head already. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. know Masana's the one in the White Tower. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, and and uh, so cutting out for sure. Bilal, Balsamal. yeah, which makes sense. Like, why not? Yeah, why even have the two of them at the eye of the world and it not just be Ishamael? Um, yeah, 
Although you you know, especially if he's coming back, because he's already there. So it it seems weird to have all three of them there. Right. That that was always a weird series of events. So I have no problem yeah. with them just cutting that out entirely, having it be just the big battle with Ashasha Mael. And and like I said, if they kind of mash up Masana and Simarag, then you wouldn't have Masana probably. Aganor, Semael and Ravine. Uh, Definitely need Osmodian. Yes, you have to have Osmodian. You have to like to me. It's like Ashamael obviously is in there. So yeah. after that, Landfear obviously is Lanfear. in there. Yeah, Osmodian right. is the other other one. Right, Definitely. and then Grandall. Yeah, um, and and maybe Mogedian after that, and then like Rav, Ravine. I agree with you. I feel like he's got to be in there, um, and then like the Samuel Demandred. So I, I would want. Even if the the events are different, I would want I would I feel like Semiel's character and his kind of backstory are interesting enough that I'd want to keep that. Wouldn't it be yeah. okay if he he's not you know if he doesn't die and shade our Logoth and you know and all his schemings and like all the stuff around him in the middle of the slog? Don't care if they do that. I just want the character in the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm the same way. Like, I mean. I would not be shocked. So if they cut out, we're, you know, spoiling towards the very end. If they cut out the whole Shara thing where Demondred shows up with this whole other army at the end, um, which is very Return of the King-esque of like the Easterlings showing up last minute, you know, up the ante. It's uh, if they cut that out, which I could completely see them doing. um, I don't want them to. But I understand the arguments for it because it does kind of come out of the clear blue sky. Yep. I could see them completely cutting Demondred then because that's the only thing ultimately that I think he really does that is totally necessary and unique, especially since there there's the whole confusion over or they could mash up Demondred and um Yeah, like Semiel uh, could get away and go to Shara, perhaps, instead yeah, of dying yeah. or, in Shadowlogus. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, if if they do the thing that a lot of readers thought Jordan was doing and make Taim and Demondred the yes, same character, that would be much more satisfying than right? Taim being just, you just, know, just awful and a dark friend the whole time, just the way we thought he was. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. At least if there was no twist to Taim's character at all, like. It always it, it felt like that was all very unsatisfying. Like at, at least if he had been, ended up being a Forsaken, it would have been like, oh, okay. So instead but, of just Osengar being Deshiva, yeah, which was stupid, and he just kind of dies randomly yeah, it, in that battle at the end of Winter's Heart. Like, oh, yeah. that was just a waste of time all around. Yeah, it's just definitely so, okay with that not happening. Right. No, the, I, I, I'm sure they're going to use the Forsaken to much greater effect, particularly the the kind of the, the second tier, you know, because you have obviously Ishamael and Lanfear kind of at the top there of like, you know, plot wise and then Asmodian and then kind of Mogedian and Ravine and Grandall. Yeah. And then um, and then after that, yeah, Samael and or Demondred. And then, you know, from there you have the. Aganor, Balthamel, Bilal, Simarog, Masana, like oh, those, um, those are the ones that it's like you, you, you could do without pretty easily. Yep. So, 
Yeah. It's in a lot of ways, Masana is just so that Egwene has something to do in the later books. <laughs> Gets back to the White Tower. And Simarog is kind of almost just so it's just so Cadswain has some things to do with Simarog mm-hmm. towards the end, which I know some people don't even like those scenes. So um Anyway, those were my spoiler thoughts. Do you have any other thoughts? No, good stuff. The talkie, I think it's setting up next week being a fun. Um, they're not going to have two talkies in a row. I bet this next one's going to be a real gangbuster. Yep. Here's hoping anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, you can always email us at stuff at tsmpodcast.com or fill out our contact form at tsmpodcast.com or visit us on all the socials at podcast TSM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and say hello. Um, we have gotten a few comments, but I think what I've decided to do is that we'll kind of do a mailbag episode at the end of the season. Um, of the season. That's a good um, idea. And, and and kind of respond um, because we've we've gotten some uh, some good things to talk about, but I think it'll be it would probably be more fun to be able to kind of address back. it all. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Have a, have a reason to go back and, and look at it. So we'll we'll do that at some point. And until next time, Tyshar Manethrin. <laughs>